on the podcast here, if you don't mind. So basically, with our we do like a podcast show on our YouTube. Okay. We started it uh, two years ago. We managed to do two ep- or ten episodes in two years. <laughs> that tells you how inconsistent we were. But we had all these reviews and people that had like responded to it, and and I didn't, hours, didn't know this. Hours, a ton of people it was listening. Like hundreds to or thousands of hours of like listen of listening hours, and so people obviously liked what we were talking about, and a lot of it was just BS behind the scenes. But people yeah. liked that. You're now tuning into the Florida Fishing Podcast at Show with co-hosts Tim Summer and Ty Nelson. Every single week, like that's the goal. Yeah, and so and and now it's like we we, we want to spring it on people, which I didn't text you that we we're gonna do a podcast. No, but I'm cool with it. <laughs> I'm cool. <laughs> like, let's roll, dude. Let's roll. Oh, that's <laughs> so yesterday, I would have brought some fishing hats or oh something. You know what I mean? Oh my god, I've been setting stuff up twice. Well, yesterday now. I had these guys from Seven Seas Media <laughs> yeah, come in. Philip Hughes oh and Brandon Chestnut, really good guys. They uh, they do video and film work, but they're like, um, they're not like they, they just like they're, they're their own little team. They got together and they work with Barracuda Cast Nets, real tree fishing yeah. and stuff. Good guys to link up with, just to know. Yeah. Super nice guys. Yeah. And I feel like they, your focus. I mean, you do a lot of video and photos. Yeah, I do them both. It depends like, on what the customer wants. Like, right. A lot of my shots too, you see on Instagram, are still frames. So. Right. Of a video. Like, I just take a still frame of the video. Was that Snook Joe still frame? The one yeah, I posted Yeah, off a video. So I got the whole video. So I essentially could have made that like a, you know, like a whatever, you know, like a whole sequence. Right, right. That yeah. kind of cool. Yeah, because I got another really shot. That same down. shot, the Snook turns around and like, it's coming right at the camera so his mouth's open you shoot a lure in the middle. <laughs> but, you know, I release them whenever I'm right, around right. to it. But yeah, that was all... St- that's all a video. I just yeah. still frame the shots. So gotcha. that shows you the clarity in the... Right. I just right. did minor editing to that. So that's nice. Yeah, we were, you have a, when you have cameras that are that nice to where you can take the still frames and it yeah. still looks really good. Yeah. it's hard, yeah. man. It's hard to get the still shots that you need and the video work when you're out there. Like right. you're saying, like with uh, switching up the cameras, you have all these cameras set up for specific things. Yeah. It's yeah, hard, exactly. Ty's saying it's hard to get the still frames in the video because right. when you do the video, you got to set. It's like, oh, let me get some still frames. So let me change the settings on the camera to get yep. the still frames. We and then I got to get my mind from video cameras. to still frame. And then <laughs> it's a mess. Like, okay. It is a mess. But anyway, so Phil and Brandon came by because they're looking to take some photos for us. And they work with a ton of the guys that we work with already. Right. So it, it went hand on hand, kind of the same way that you yeah. are. And they kind of, it was funny, I'd set this with you, and then they hit me up this week, like, yo, we want to come in and pick up some reels. And so they were, like, on their way over, and I was like, hey, do you mind if we do a podcast? <laughs> and I told Tim, I was like, hey, we got, like, two podcasts lined up. We have Seven Seas Media, and we have Chad Smith. Like, neither of them know that we're going to do a podcast, but I'll <laughs> yeah. let them know before. But we're here. So we're it. here, and I thought <laughs> yeah, I told I you. You got me. I thought I at least, like, mentioned it, but I, no mention of the podcast whatsoever. <laughs> I would have showed up in a tux. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That's yeah. hilarious. That's awesome. Cool. Well, anyways, I like it when it's just... Natural, yeah, natural, and that's how we roll with this podcast. So, yeah, um, that's awesome. Well, I've been recording for a little bit, but I'll, I'm going to do a quick introduction, and then usually we do announcements and stuff. But these last two have been kind of on the fly, so we'll probably yeah, go back and edit that in later. But we'll basically just you know kind of talk to you, talk about how you got into like what your background is, maybe okay. talk a little bit about. You said you're you're a military vet and right. also um, LEO vet, yeah, and now you're 
in the fishing industry shooting film right and i mean you've, you've done a lot of different things so we'll yeah. kind of let you tell your background your story and they'll kind of tie in our experience with just shooting media and, and just kind of let okay. it really yeah. flow let's let do it, flow. it tell some stories bs yeah. a little bit and right to give the audience something Hopefully. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we don't have 10 million subscribers, that's for sure, yeah. but we have a we'll few that, that, that enjoy it. Yeah. Right, yeah. the consistency. That's the, pump it out. That's the important thing, so we always enjoy having guests. Sometimes just me and Tim BSing back and forth, but it's always more fun when there's a third person. Right. Third party involved, yeah. or yeah. two other parties, but anyway, so I'll get it rolling. <clears throat> Drum roll. What is up, world? You're listening to the Florida Fishing Show and Podcast. I'm your co-host, Ty Nelson. I'm here with my fellow co-host today, Tim Summer, and a special guest. We have Chad Smith. Chad, do you have a name for like your company, or is this right now just, just Chad Smith? Just Chad Original Smith. Original art. The LLC is under Chad Smith Sport and Game Photography, but Chad awesome. Smith works. Chad Smith. Cool. So Chad does a lot of awesome photography and videography and has been in the fishing industry. How long have you been in the fishing industry? Only a whole. Oh, as a whole, like personally, before the filming and the photography, right, right. Oh man, fifteen years maybe. Gotcha. So you've been fishing for a while. Been fishing for a while. Cool. And then now you've kind of progressed, gotten to the point where you're you're shooting film and photos at a very high level, and really making a name for yourself. You're telling us how you're going to be basically filming with multiple uh, multiple outdoor industry companies here. What is it tomorrow or yeah, this weekend? Cool, this weekend. So that's awesome. Really making a name quick, which is which is cool. Which right. that particular work <laughs> takes a long time. You were telling us earlier behind the scenes how you kind of progressed so quickly and just picked it up and it's yeah. definitely something where like you you're either natural or you're not at mm-hmm. this, you know. Right. And um it's it's cool what you've been able to do in such a short amount of time. Yeah. But anyways I can, I can even tell I mean we were talking earlier we we were looking at your Instagram account and oh, just, okay, yeah. you could tell that you have a creative mind and a good eye for aesthetics and, and even more than just video. I mean, just the aesthetics of your, uh, it's one of the uh, better like eye friendly uh, Instagram pages. Like if you look, scroll mm-hmm. through just your photos from a far distance it looks it looks I, good I, and, I and it's very too, creative but it's hard to actually do yeah yeah that is hard work actually yeah. i i challenge by that as well like i try to make yeah. it so the like honestly within the colors of instagram lineup because i want it to be like you know uh, i feel like some instagram feeds i mean not to get off on a tangent but you'll look at one photo and you kind of stop right. you know mm-hmm. I, right. my goal is that you you know like the work that's being put out there. So you, you might scroll a couple times to right. see yeah. what else it's is a, out there. It's a gallery. You know? yeah, right. You want people to stick around. And, and people say, like, Instagram is now starting to become, like, almost your website. Like, people go there yeah. first. And I find myself even doing I think either younger generations do the same. When you hear about a company or a product, you know, a lot of times, like, you go to Instagram first to see what kind of company they are. And I, I think the reason why I do it is I'm like, is this – cool is this going to make me look like like i'm cooler <laughs> yeah. than i am yeah. you know and so i go to their instagram first now tell me really quickly like what their company is like just based on their you know their description their their profile pic and then their first you know three to six photos on their instagram but yeah it, it's that instagram aesthetic is is absolutely yeah. huge you yeah. know and you, you definitely you do it well you know, i appreciate well. it yeah. And it reminds me of Jack, too. Like our, our intern I was yeah. telling you about, same thing. I noticed that he had that creative touch on his Instagram. He understood the aesthetics. And I was like, if he knows that much, then I think he can. He has an eye for photography. He just has like yeah. a, more of a creative mind. Right. And it definitely takes a creative mind to do what you do. But yeah. anyways, we'll get more into like filming and photography and all that. But why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Like you're telling me you're a military vet and also you're uh, – 
worked for Tampa PD, right? Right, I do. So let's let's go back like to the to the beginning, like Chad Smith day one. Like you're 15 years old. Are you in JROTC or, or what happened? <laughs> I did none of that, man. I actually wanted to be a, a marine biologist, believe it or not. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. So high school just didn't work out that way, well for me. I, uh, you know, I was that average student, you know. And then my mom, I kind kind of pushed me kind of the military route. And honestly, I joined the Marines because of. Uh, I like the uniform, to be honest with you. <laughs> like, I was like, I mean, there was no rhyme or reason. I kind of, right, right. and I felt like at the beginning, I almost got suckered into it. I never was like the young kid that said, I'm going to be a cop really or I'm going to be right. like the like few in the proud or whatever. I just kind of one day went into a recruiting office and next thing you know, I'm going to bust the Paris Island. And so hmm. it served me well, though. I did five years in there because at the time, September 11th happened, mm-hmm. stop loss. I was actually stationed in Washington, D.C. I know we didn't get off that on that off record but that's a whole nother story right. but wow. so yeah. i was stationed at um quantico in dc so i was uh, attached to a security forces detail not to again, get off on tangent but like Go when for when when uh when september 11th happened like i was right down the street from that so i got like gr- gr- pictures of all that because mm-hmm. we were escorting joint chiefs of staff to like the pentagon for a meeting Dang, so yeah it's crazy so when you hear all these stories about like a missile hit the pentagon or whatever that's mm-hmm. just Hogwash, right? right. Yeah. You, were, you, were, you were there. Yeah, you know so, what actually right. happened. But I'm sure a lot of you can't disclose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. We'll, we'll, we'll push too far. far. Yeah. <laughs> so you went from being in the Marine Corps, saving lives. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. when I got out, yeah. So when I got out, I had I had a family. I had I have two daughters, and so I had a newborn on the way. So my wife was wanting to get. She's like, "Hey, we need to. I want to go back home." So I got out. Um, probably, and I was thinking about it the other day. Like I'd have like 20 years in by now. Like right. it's crazy. I'd be some crazy rank, yeah, you know, right. be running the show. Cool. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know the ranks, but you'd be up there. Yeah, I'd be up there. <laughs> so I got out, and I needed to make fast money quick. And again, the marine biology thing had to take a back seat. So I had again, no ambitions of ever being the cop. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what can I do to make fast money quick? I'm a newborn on the way. I'm freshly out of the military. I'm a young guy. So I went to the police. Academy and TPD picked me up and I served TPD for about 10 to 12 years and can't disclose everything I did in there, but like that, it allowed me to support a hobby, you know, Mm -hmm. at the same time I found the fishing game on my days off almost Mm -hmm. like as a relaxation thing. Like I don't want to say PTSD or anything, but that was your chance to get away. Mm -hmm. So I I got into the fishing. There's no doubt that being in any sort of uniform, there's more stress that comes with that job than any other that are out there, I would right. say. If you're wearing yeah. a uniform, your job, your yeah. job is probably yeah. more difficult than yeah. And I, I mean, they all people. yeah. You know, everybody has their stresses in life, and that was my way to get a, get away is fishing. And I just happened to have a, a brother that has a nice boat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and so I got into the offshore fishing game. I, you know, I, I loved it. And yeah. so were you running East Coast or West Coast East of Florida Coast, out of Port Canaveral? Okay, okay, cool, cool. Yeah. So we I did see. the whole like dolphin fishing. Uh, you know, selfish and you get awesome. marlins in there. You guys get some good tuna. triple tail out there as well. Yeah, triple tail. We were more going for the mighty and the tuna runs. On right, the, right. You know, on the Gulf Stream. Gotcha. Yeah. See, I guess if I had the the boat yeah. for it, I'd probably yeah. do that yeah. too. Yeah. I think triple tail is kind of like more of like a, a lazy fishing. That's a Gulf. That's a Gulf. But you know thing. what? I will say this: the offshore <laughs> fishing. Tail, though. <laughs> there are they really big triple tail. And nobody fishes them. Yeah. Well, there, there's there's some there's some guys that they're real big on like kingfish and stuff over right. there. Like they'll come in with monster kingfish, mm. but like, but we don't we weren't going for that. You just you know? going for but that. they yeah. know the spots. That's, huh? that's, that's the good the good eats. Yeah, right that's there. the mahi tuna. We come out sometimes back in into the ramp, struck out, but a lot of times we came back 
heavy loaded. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so, so were you guys doing tournaments? You said you were doing some tournaments. Yeah, we did there. all kind of, we've done King of the Beach multiple times. We've done hundreds of tournaments, I mm-hmm. feel like. Down mm-hmm. from St. Augustine, down to the Keys, to, you know, Port Canaveral, up north some. I don't even remember all of them off the top of my head right now. That's yeah. cool. There's something fun about tournaments, you know. I, I yeah. fished a lot of kayak tournaments, like I was saying. I fish. I mean, I fish live bait tournaments, artificial tournaments. I've never done a fly tournament. I've done, like, boat tournaments, kayak tournaments, shore tournaments, a little bit of everything in between. And something about the competition of it, like, I just, I absolutely loved it. I love being able to put the game plan together and just making it happen, you know. Like, for me, I never, I used to always think about what I would say on stage rather than worrying about, like, where I was going to go to fish. Like, I already kind of had that figured out. I was like, what am I going to say when I get on stage? Like, that's that's the type of heady, competitive fisherman I was. But when it comes to offshore fishing, it's like, you're not, you're not going to, like, a specific flat. Yeah, there's certain reefs, no. but if you're doing tuna and like mahi, like I, I don't really know. Like you got the Gulf Stream out there. Yeah. Like what are you looking for? You're looking for birds I mean, and there's bait. birds. Like, there's all things. You know, people now they got technology like Seymour mapping and stuff like right, that. Right. So you know, there's you know t- temperature breaks in the water. You know, rips in the water. The birds. There's a lot of stuff that goes into that. But I can tell you what. There's no day ever probably the same. I mean, right. It's more on the fly. Yeah. It's kind of yeah. How do you like con- like I guess consistently do well in tournaments offshore is what I want to know because like I can go to the same flat and I know like the redfish on certain flats act differently than the redfish right. on other flats and I know when I'm on that flat how they like how those specific fish act so it's easy to go back and kind of recreate a situation it's never exactly the same but I feel like I've caught the same fish over and over again <laughs> <at that time. laughs> you know but you go yeah. offshore and like some days no. the Gulf Stream's in sometimes it's out yeah like you just gotta measure that Gulf Stream you know and then we usually go to the other side of the Gulf stream like right on the rips or mm-hmm. you know everybody knows like weed lines or it, right. it, anything can change I, i've right. been out there before and we legit found the telephone pole floating in the water and there was loaded yeah, dolphins like out yeah. going out that day we didn't expect to find a telephone pole floating right. in the water but it just so happened we hit the jackpot so it's like, kind of like a mix of luck skill yeah. you got to know what to look right. for you know you got to know the temperature you got to have the right technology Gee, with you as well yeah, absolutely and a boat to get you there yeah. and then yep. you got to have the gear to be able to go out and, and make Good. it happen too and be able to land the fish you know but i feel like 80 percent of the work is probably in the whole preparation of it yeah definitely, definitely. You know, yeah, i feel like anybody base, can real efficient to a degree yeah right that's true once they're hooked but yeah offshore's yeah. a little different you have less structure to worry about you know yeah but there's definitely still a lot that goes into it yeah i mean trolling around you don't want to get weeds on your lines that you have out in right. there. You don't want to have like too high of a drag set. You got to, yeah. you, you still got to, got to worry about the speed and then playing the current, the wind, all mm-hmm. that stuff. But once you're cranking, I guess, but as long as you got tension it's on it, it's nothing like good. it, man. Yeah. But I can tell you, filming wise, though, I feel like offshore filming is fun. Mm-hmm. However, yeah. I'm not, I was never a big inshore guy, mm-hmm. but the inshore game is fun to film, right? Yeah. 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 It's like, here's, here's what I think I think uh, inshore fishermen have a lot to catch up to with the offshore filmers. You know what I mean? Inshore filming mm-hmm. is, I don't think, it's nearly different. as uh, high it's, quality at this point. I mean, it's think of it. Difficult. You got, think of, it's it's more difficult, well, for one, but, inshore, think yeah. Of, yeah, but with the offshore, you got these Marlin people, like ESPN used to do very high quality productions of right, like, right. Marlin fishing yeah. and stuff. You just don't see that in the inshore. Yeah, and, and part of it though, I think is water clarity and quality. When you're offshore, everything's 
blue. It's beautiful. Cool. It's, it's pleasing to the yeah. eyes. And then if you get underwater, you can see really clearly. Like right. if you just put a GoPro underwater, right. you can make it look like Water a, clarity. Yeah, it looks yeah. beautiful. And then if you throw a drone up, you can see everything. everything. Yep. When I'm in the Hillsborough River, <laughs> how do I make that look sexy? Like it's really, it's really hard. hard. You know, there's a lot it's of hard. editing. And yeah. yeah. And then you got like hey, I'm just cars I'm just calling uh, I'm calling the inshore fishermen the inshore filming to a higher standard right, because. Right. As far as I'm concerned, from what I've seen, and we're getting better. Right. Don't get me wrong; it's getting a lot better, and I think it has over the few last few years. Right. And uh, but uh, with with Yeti releasing their films, and and mm-hmm. you know a lot a lot of other larger companies are starting to get into this, and uh, the production quality has gone up. But I don't know if the money's not there yet or what. But it, it, it uh, that's definitely part it's of getting it. there. Money. It's getting there. Yeah. But the I think the fly industry, though, is where it's at. Well, and, and that's the thing. The supply industry. Well, they're creative. Yeah, the fly industry is. I don't know. What is it about that? The fly industry is booming, man. And, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I'll be honest with you. I don't even know if I can throw a fly. I haven't even done it before. Right. But I love filming it. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Like, it's something about, like, like, art to just, yeah. like, the, the like just the casting to it itself as an, as an art. And plus, you're almost feeding every single fish you cast to. It's mm-hmm. very much a visual sport, which makes for better video. A lot of skill in that, right? too. Mm-hmm. And you're usually pulling yeah. around like a small little skiff in shallow water. And a lot of times, I mean, you still have to deal with the elements. Sometimes right. it's raining. Sometimes it's windy. Sometimes it's sunny or cloudy. But you're almost always in, like visually finding a tailing fish or a pushing fish. Or you can actually see the fish through the water hmm. if it's clear yeah. enough. Yeah. And then to be able to film that is like, that's yeah. cool. Like That's right. a really unique yeah. thing to film someone not just like only throwing an artificial bait and tricking a fish, but like a fly that they've tied themselves, you know, yeah. with the, like, like, I don't know the, the actual, like, like I, I took fly casting lessons. I'm a good fly fisherman, but I don't do it very often, but I still don't really fully understand like the load and the, the energy that goes into it. Like it is an there absolute is science. technique for it. That's why, for sure. <laughs> that's why we produce spinning reels. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> yeah. But there is an art about it. Like, yeah, no, I, I've been out and filmed a couple fly guys and, there is a definitely uh, it's serious. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting to watch. It's yeah. it's awesome. You know, I feel like a lot of the reels, and a lot of people can throw a reel. You get into the fly side of things. It's that whole industry, it's a whole yeah. different ballgame. Down to right. you said like tying the fly. They make their own flies most of, most yeah. of the time. So that I mean, it starts back at home with them making the fly. Right. Like, right, right. They're either they, they gotta get the material and the right hooks, and then sometimes they're using other patterns but like a lot of these really really good guides are seeing what the fish are eating and then they're tying patterns based on what they're seeing the fish eating from fish they've caught and, and basically filleted up and cut their bellies and seen like the actual bait fish in their, in yeah. their bellies you know and they're creating their own flies at this point that, that's unique like, that's cool something that you don't see as much like people don't make their like people do make their own jigs for yeah. sure but you don't see it as much with spinning like people aren't making their own lures as much right, right. and I, I say that but then I, I guess i take that back there are guys that make hard baits and there are guys that make yeah, jigs. Very few. There's not like a cult surrounding of people right. who make. Something about fly fishing, no. it comes with like, if you like to throw the fly, eventually you want to be able to tie your own flies. I actually, it's funny you said this. I watched a guy last night on, it was YouTube or Instagram. Right. He was making, this is how serious I think it's getting. It's like cult status now of making these flies. He was making a fly out of his own dog's hair. Seriously. Uh, yeah, I swear oh, to God. God. I'm, I'm not going to mention it. I'm not going to mention it. Get it together, fly fishermen. Oh, my God. I'm not going to mention any names, but, like, 
I was like, is he serious? Like, he's making a fly out of his dog's hair. Like, oh, man. Yeah. Tim got to go to the BTT Symposium. And Bonefish and Tarpon Trust, like, the majority of people who support it, I feel like, are, are fly fishermen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's why we've had a good partnership because we're taking, like, this awesome, unique um, organization that's working to, to basically uh, maintain and, and support and sometimes, um, you know, bring back these estuaries that are – Pretty much like the, the the breeding grounds for permit tarpon and bonefish, but we're helping them get into the saltwater market, right? Or, or sorry, more so the, the spin market, and um, their prime their primary market. Like I was saying, the phone threw me off when we got uh, got the alarm going off there. But their primary market is the fly, and so the, the fly guys. And Tim got to go to this symposium where it's majority fly <laughs> fishermen. And yeah, that was an experience. he was selling spinning reels at the BTT <laughs> Symposium <laughs> full of fly fishermen. Yeah. And all I heard, I heard stories for like weeks after that. But yeah. what, like, tell the audience yeah, so, like what your experience was. So that, that was a unique experience. Uh, when we say, when I say it's a cult kind of following, it's like, it's a cult following. I mean, there are, there are people who will not even touch a spinning reel. And uh, there were a lot of people interested. Oh, who, what's this Florida fishing products? Yeah. And people would come up and they'd look, and then they'd see the spinning reels and they'd say, oh, "I don't throw a spin," and then they just turn, walk away, and walk away. And the funniest thing was, uh, it was really hilarious because uh, our buddies at uh, the, with uh, uh, Daniel Andrews, Captain Daniel Andrews, with okay. uh, Captain Clean Water, and, and they were there, and uh, he was wearing a, uh, a shirt. I think it was a Sims. Sim shirt. It, it was like a plaid shirt. It was blue and white, and and uh, and I and I look at his shirt, and and I look around the the entire like uh, convention center where, wherever wherever it was at, um, and I see three or four other people with the exact same shirt, and I'm like, that's what it is. It is a lifestyle yeah. with like these these companies with with Sims and Orvis and and. Uh, and and it I'm not like dogging on it uh, a little bit. I'm dogging on it a little <laughs> yeah. bit. I mean, it's definitely, but it's hilarious. You know, I, there's people wearing the same shirts. They don't touch spinning reels. And they, it was more that it wasn't just like two or three people that but, did this. It yeah, was the majority, multiple people. The majority right? say, "Oh, I don't do." Well, what, what, what about when it's windy? And they're like, "I don't go fishing or whatever." You know, right. it's like yeah, it's like find somewhere there isn't. It's yeah, funny. they yeah, refuse to like, use anything but a fly. It's, like, it's a right. big thing. Right? Hey, that that's you guys. Like, so, all right. Our goal with working with with BTT is to kind of bridge that gap between the the fly fishermen yeah. and the spin fishermen. So it's been a good partnership. Mm-hmm. That's what I was trying to get to before when I lost my train of thought. <laughs> but it's uh, no, yeah, that's awesome. the fly world is definitely something else. It is it is wild. Yeah. And they are also ahead, I think, of the spin fishing inshore as right. far as filmmaking goes. When it comes to yeah, yeah. filmmaking and just being creative. And they have a platform, yeah. you know, the fly fishing film tour and, you know, so there is a more of an incentive uh, yeah, for people it, to want to make a high quality film. I think it comes down to like a creative because there's such, there's kind of an art to fly fishing. In the right. There like, is. Yeah. yeah back it's a to creative guys game. All these almost. people right. are right brained people fishing and they're like, oh, I'm going to make my fly and then I'm going to go film it. Right. And exactly. take this very artistic photo. But that doesn't mean thing. you can't make an awesome video or no, with the, no, with the with that. reels it's just right. i think that creativity with the flies mm-hmm. down to making them yeah 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 it's definitely it's a it's a creative man's game so that was a like huge that. rabbit trail oh. <laughs> yeah. so yeah, back anyway. to filming <laughs> yeah which is what we came here to talk about so you were in the military there during uh, 9-11 yeah. around the pentagon area and then you were working for the Tampa bay police department you moved back to florida 
and then you got into to offshore fishing while right. you're working in the police department and now all of a sudden you're, you're into film and you're doing some stuff in the inshore game like how, how did you like tell the audience how you got into filmmaking like it's not I, I guess nowadays with social media it's becoming more and more popular but right. not everybody out there is used to having a camera like a nice camera that not everyone knows how to edit and you know, where, where, like, how did you even get started? You know, like, yeah, I mean, I, I got started, like I was telling you all off camera with a simple GoPro. I feel like mm-hmm. 99% of America starts with. Right. And then uh, I was just doing some stuff, to, you know, in the family, keeping my own videos, things like that. And I started to gain like a passion almost for it, like to the point that we would go offshore fishing. And I wouldn't touch the rod anymore. And people would be like, are you crazy? Mm-hmm. Like, you, don't want you know, it's like 50 pounds off on the other end of this thing. You don't know to catch. I'm like, no, I just want to film it. Right. Like I want to be, somebody has to capture that out here and I want to yeah. be the guy to capture it. So, I, and then I slowly started getting better equipment and I started getting some, uh, like I told you off script too, I took a picture of a selfish underwater and it came out awesome. I thought, I mean, that was like the first thing I was ever proud of, like right, when it came right. to photography or film. And the magazines were reaching out to me about picking it up and maybe putting it. And I was like, oh, man, maybe I got something here. Like, yes, you know, I like exposure. Like that. Well, not even, it's not even exposure. It's I had a, I have a passion for it. Mm-hmm. So like we were talking about, it's almost like I don't even need to do this for money. I enjoy. Right. Like doing it. We like, could go out there right now and do it. And I would have a blast. Right. But at so, the end of the day, it's not for like your own enjoyment. You don't want the video just for yourself. Like you no. want it to share this moment, like this experience with other people, right? You know, that's the cool thing about yeah. the film nowadays. Everybody has a fish story until you can actually show it. You know, and I want to be the guy to show that story, regardless yeah. if it's from the captain's point of view. Like, I, I like things too. I like the process. Right. So a lot of guys are all about the fish, catching the fish. Mm-hmm. I enjoy the process, meaning and a lot of the guys I do work for, I always ask them, like, I always, what is the your night game, like the night before, mm-hmm. do your prep, all that stuff. I want to be a part of that. Right, like right. I want to be a part of like, your I'm going to come over the night before yeah. we start filming and right. I'm going to start then. Yeah. You know? do, do, what do you do in a hunting situation? Mm-hmm. You go scout like a day or two beforehand. Right. I want to be a part of all that. Yeah. Like I don't want to be a part of just you maybe killing a buck or you catching the fish. Don't get me wrong. That's fantastic. But at the end of the day, I will, I love the process. Oh, so I want to show so how we fish. get from point A to Z, mm-hmm. and I want everything in between. I just don't yeah. want the fish jumping out of the water or whatever. That's good. Case. That's really good. It's funny you say that because when you said that, I was thinking in my mind point A to point B. But what you're talking about is a to Z. point A to Z and everything in between. Right. And the majority of people that are filming or you know that that are just even taking photos for their own personal Instagrams, like they're just trying to get from point A to point B, from catching right. that fish to posting on Instagram and getting the likes and getting the following. But that's cool. I think it's unique and it sets you apart that you want to get everything in between right. the nitty gritty details. Cause at the end of the day, that moment that we post onto Instagram, that, that one picture, like that is like what? 1% of everything. 1% of your, for me, it was like 1% of my life and 1% of the actual time I spent on the water. For me, I love to just be out on the water, be in nature and be able to experience some, something new that I wasn't able to experience before. Yeah. You know, we got to, to fish the Nature Coast recently, and I love it up there, and I want to go explore that more. But, yeah, it's it's such a – it's like a vehicle to get me out into nature. And then the actual, like, process of catching a fish is great, too, and I love right. to take photos of fish and release fish. And, yeah. You know, it's it all – it's it's all enjoyable. But I remember I used to post, like, pic, like fish pics almost every every other day, 
I didn't catch them all like at that time. <laughs> yeah. I had compiled them, yeah. but people thought I fished every all the day, time, every man. single day. But I'm like, man, me holding that fish is like one percent, less than a percent of my life, or a, less than a percent of my time actually on the water. Yeah, you know, right? But no, so yeah, I just everything in uh, in between. Like I, that's you know, I love that. You know, this is the real Florida fishing. Yes, yeah. <laughs> got alarms going off. Phones calling. <clears throat> Service request. <laughs> cut, cut. We just cut this one out. Yeah. Normally we let it. Oh, roll. we're back. We're back. <laughs> yeah, a lot of times we just let it go, and, and the camera only shoots for twenty minutes, and then it's because of VSR. It shuts yeah, off. Yeah, so I got to go. You yeah. know, usually like I saw it. I knew what you were doing. <laughs> I knew what you were doing. <laughs> I used to. Used I learned to, like, that the hard way. It. Yeah, you lost like. A yeah, bunch so of film I was filming interview. a guy uh, making a, a video. Uh, we we're doing a video, mm-hmm. and we were doing this, but I had a handheld camera on a gimbal working. Right. And sure enough, it, he talked for like 50 minutes, which is awesome because I learned this whole story and everything. I didn't right. realize like after 15 minutes or something on a DLSR, it just shuts off. Yeah. And I was like, I got home, I saw it. I'm like, oh, so this sad. is terrible. <laughs> yeah, you learn that stuff the hard way, though. Yep. I've yeah, definitely learned, I've definitely learned the hard way. I'm really good at learning the hard way. It takes me a few <laughs> yeah, times, me too. and it's yeah, it's not good. But yes. film, especially, I've learned the hard way. Yeah. So uh, back to the the A to Z thing. I think what <clears throat> drives me the most on that, like, because everybody these days, I feel like, has the release shot, you know, right? In a film, like the fish being released, which don't get me wrong, it's a big part of it. You All know, right. everybody loves that. That's awesome. I like to know, like, whoever I'm working with, to their story, because we all have a unique story. Like, I've met some cool dudes, and they all come from, like, you would never even know. Mm -hmm. And so, like, when we talk about these pictures on Instagram, like, my last photo on Instagram, the fish jumping out of the water, did good. I mean, I had people reach out to me from all over. Like, y'all guys post it, which I appreciate, you know? Like, it's, but what people don't know is I showed up down to, with that captain, down that day, I showed up in the Everglades to do that shoot. Mm -hmm. And... I thought we were going on like, you know, an East Bay or, you know, a skiff. And he shows up and he has a Ginu. And I was like, oh my God, we're getting on a Ginu? Like, <laughs> like and so, and that, so when I see that picture, and so on that Ginu, what people don't know is right before that picture was taken, or right after, I guess we were in uh, the airboats. We were in their pathway. Right, right. So, and it was so skinny. They had to come and drag us out of there. So when I see that picture, I just think of this crazy story. Oh, man. So you, you know? guys got stuck up in there. Yeah, we got stuck up in there. We had to, like, walk the Gino out to a certain point, and mm-hmm. they came by with an airboat because they wanted us to get out of the Did path. Did you launch from Everglades City? Yeah. Yeah, right. so yeah. I know. I know. Where you know where you're at. I can't tell. You. I was warned not to go in there because you might get run over by an airboat. But the yeah. area is fishy. We were really early out there, and we were doing good. He was doing good. And then... But the first airboat came by, and we got the whole we made middle finger yelling, get out of here. Right, yeah. But the water was so shallow, we couldn't walk out of there right, fast right, enough right, like, right. or drag this Gino out of there. And then eventually, the next airboat comes by, he hooks us up, and essentially, we hold on to the side of the airboat, and he's dragging a Gino out of the area, and just kind of like drops us off out there. Did you get video of that? Yeah. But that was all on my phone, because I'm trying to hold on to the right, airboat right. at the same time. <laughs> like So it's like an airboat Gino connected to each other. I would yeah. like to see some video of that. If you don't mind sharing that, I'll put that <laughs> yeah, on this. Yeah. I'll overlay that's, a little bit of that. Right. Because that's great. That's a funny story. <laughs> was, so, the, was the airboat guide pissed or is he nah, like – No, he was really – he was a cool – I mean he 
yelled at us a little bit, you know, <laughs> but, you know, because he was telling us how that land is, you know, that's part of their lease and all this other stuff. Uh, so, gotcha. yeah, but it is what it is. We know now. And, uh, yeah. you know, that's we'll funny. only go in there when we can. Right, right. But the fishing was incredible in there. <laughs> nice. Yeah, exactly. The, <laughs> the spots are not supposed to go to. They're the yeah. best, you know. Yeah. So, oh. but yeah, back, I just like getting the stories of people. Like, I, I just cool. love that part of it. And like the passion is what fuels me to do like the next thing. Yeah. And along the way, like to starting out, like I reached out to like other guys that have been doing this for a long time. And I look up to that are really big in the game. Right. And I can say for the most part, pretty much of them are always hands down. Hey, this is what I learned along the way. So I've in a short process, cause I essentially picked up a camera for the first time less than a year ago. Right. So they've helped me to get to, not that I made it by any means, but to where I am now, right. like yeah. quality wise, they all have had a hand yeah. in right. getting well, cool. There's just, there's always room to grow in this, you know, the yeah. cameras will continue to get better. better. The, yeah. the lenses will continue to get better. There'll be new shots and, and new ways and styles of fishing. And so it's really an endless game. Right. You, know? you never, I mean, you can become the best, but you're only the best for so long before someone Somebody else, else gets in. the next biggest thing out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, but I feel like too, anybody can push a button, but I feel like there takes a certain level of creativity behind the, right. right. Yeah. And that's what separates, Definitely. you know, the, the good from the great at the end of the day. Yeah. The people that love the process from start to finish, and you want to you want to refine every little moment of the actual like film process. Like you were telling yeah. me, like hopping out of the boat and getting different angles. And I'm sure even all the way down to the editing process, right. which yeah. you really didn't talk about much. But I'm sure you probably spent right. countless hours editing, right? Yes, I feel like that's we'll say seventy percent of the because mm-hmm. out there, I'm honestly I'll go with a game plan going into it based on what the needs of are of the person I'm working with right, or what they're right. wanting to capture. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about it. But at the same time, a lot of things I just, honestly, I do on the fly or I'll, the night before I'll be like, Hey, these are what I'm going to, in my head, I come up with this story already. Right, right. And then obviously conditions, there's all kinds of things that can change that all these variables. variables in there. And so I just kind of run off the fly, man. That's how Gotta I, be and adaptable. then, and then editing yeah. at the end is now I just take, I got here. This is what I got. Especially if it didn't go according to plan. Right. What can I piece together with now? I need to make something out of this. Yeah. And that's what I love. Like, it's almost like putting a puzzle together. Right. Yeah. And even on those days when things don't turn out the way you expect them to, you have a blast. And there's still a story to be told. Right. Every angler can, can, you know, they can, like, feel that. Like, they understand because they've been there, you know? Yeah. There's been some videos. I remember one time. We got we were fishing with this guy at Mosquito Lagoon, and we fished all day. Found multiple tailors, could not get a single fish to eat. I mean, it was just bad. I think we caught one little tiny red, mm-hmm. and I told him like, "Listen, man, like we're getting towards the end of the day. I'm like, we might." And he had to go run a trip like that evening. It was like three thirty at this point. He had to pick up the clients. I think at like four, and he was fishing four to like eight. And so I was like, I don't know if we're gonna be able to make this thing happen. I think uh, you know I might just have to tell the story as what it was. Like we, we worked hard, we found fish, and the fish just didn't cooperate. And I think most. You know, anglers can like they can respect that. They understand like they've been in that uh, situation. And then two minutes after that, we saw a school redfish and picked up a thirty-two inch red. So oh, it all worked yeah, out. there you go. Story saved. Yeah, story. But I saved. think anglers too, like or your audience. I think people like the rawness of it. Yeah. Every yeah. everybody tries to make this perfect scenario, mm-hmm. and I've never been out there. And conditions essentially been perfect. Right. Something has went wrong, right, wrong right. along the way. You don't just get a thirty-five snook every time. <laughs> no, you, go you out. don't. You don't get three or four. Of them. That's that's right. Dang sure, you know. And so you, you show like 
what actually happens out there. And if you can do that in a unique way and, and, and really tell that story, like people will buy into that yeah. more than the guy that's only showing the highlights. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's yeah. cool, man. Yeah. That's, that's really definitely. cool. What you're that's doing. good stuff, man. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to get better every day. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's the same so, way. So, uh, to wrap this up, what's, what's next for Chad Smith? What's next? What do you, what are you, what are you, what do you envision? Any personal goals or anything? Personal goals. Honestly, to just, and this might sound like so cliche, mm-hmm. but to get better, man. Like, yeah. I, and like, cause every time I come back from a shoot or doing something with somebody, uh, every time I'm probably my own worst critic too, by the way. Mm-hmm. But like, I'm like, man, I could have got this. that shot. Right. Like, and I think about it in my head and it was there. I just didn't see it when I was out right. there. But as you go, you learn. So yeah. the next guy is going to pay dividends off mm-hmm. the, you know, it's because I, yeah. I know now that this is what I missed. Mm-hmm. And so, right. but honestly, yeah. it's just honestly to get, to yeah. get better, dude. And again, I, I, I love this. So every day is, I don't consider this work or anything. This is like a passion. That's yeah. awesome. We're looking yeah. forward to seeing the progress following, following it along. Yeah. And I appreciate it. And we'll, we'll, we're, we're here to help anyway. any real <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Which we have already with Captain John McMillan. So yeah. that's, that's yeah. cool. Yeah. He's still dude. So, so uh, where can people find you? Uh, right now on Instagram, I'm in the process of redoing a website. Okay. Because <clears> that, that's another thing. You make it better and it keeps going. Yep. But, you know, Instagram at Chad Smith 246. Mm-hmm. You can find me there for right now. I got a Facebook page, the same. But uh, the website will be. Hopefully we're done soon. Cool. Awesome. So we'll look forward to that. Look forward sure. to that. Well, uh, you guys know where to find us at uh, FloridaFishingProducts.com, on Instagram at Florida underscore Fishing underscore Products, and on Facebook at Florida Fishing Products. But also be sure to subscribe to our YouTube page, subscribe to our podcast, tell us if you love it, if you hate it, if you give us a three-star review and you don't put any sort of feedback, Tim's going to be upset at you. So we want the feedback. If you hate it, I want to know why. Let us know. Tim's not going to be able to sleep at night if you don't tell him why you hate our podcast. So please write us a review and, and give Give us some honest feedback. We want to make this enjoyable for you guys. So when people come back, you know, we want them to have a good time. Yeah. As much of a good time as we're having actually shooting it, which we have a blast. (laughs) So anyways, I hope everyone has a good week. That was good. Later, guys. Appreciate the time, Chad.